Welcome to Monsters, Madness, and Magic. We would like to offer thanks to all you heretics and maniacs for your continued support and encourage you to visit our website at monstersmadnessandmagic.com to stay up to date on all the dark dealings within the Sanctuary of the Strange. We can also be found slithering our way into your nearest social media platforms. Be sure to follow Monsters, Madness, and Magic on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show and would like to unlock Patreon-exclusive content, consider subscribing at patreon.com forward slash Monsters Madness Magic. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Greetings, boils and ghouls. This is your comrade, the Crypt Keeper, here, reporting dead from the sanctuary of the strange. Tonight's macabre myth is a fright-filled feature, one overflowing with monsters, madness, and magic. <laughs> Welcome to the Monsters, Madness, and Magic podcast. I am Justin, joined by my co-host Mitchell. Say hello, Mitchell. Hello, Mitchell. And this evening, we are joined by a very special guest, the star and director of Beast Within, Mr. Stephen Morana. Stephen, how the hell are you? Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's good to have you, man. So let's just get started at the beginning here. Take us back in time. Uh, When you grew grew up, were you a horror fan? You know, uh, what kind of imagination fuel were you consuming? No, I think my first my first entry into horror was actually it was playing on tv there was it was a uh, first child's play the original oh um, one. and uh you know how it starts out where just you know buying this this toy and it looks like it's magical and whatnot but then when the when uh, chucky started to come alive and um had a knife in his hand walking around the hallways um i think my heart dropped to the ground um, <laughs> still just a little guy so you know that that and we i quickly changed the town i think my mom was watching it with me and she's like oh you know um so so and then it freaked me out because i remember going around seeing the the posters in different places as the sequels came out and they're great there are great uh posters you know like in the old, good old days with the blockbuster and yeah, stuff like that yeah. and i could couldn't even look at it I <laughs> my head and stuff when i was a kid but um, so I, I took like a time out from horror for a bit. It was, it was always intriguing. It was kind of like this, I don't know, it was, it was a weird kind of a connection with it where it scared me, but I was, I was uh, you know, intrigued and yeah. curious about it all, right? But um, I think uh, Scream was uh, a big film for me uh, when, when I kind of made my way back 
How old are um, you? If, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. How old are you? What year were you born? I'm I'm 35. Okay, we're we're all about the same age then, because yeah. we're about the same generation of horror then, because yeah, 90s kids uh, scream, and it's funny because Child's Play is an especially strong one for kids because it, you know it deals with dolls, and there's Chucky dolls everywhere when you're a kid, and you just see them in the store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I got older, it it kind of I, I really appreciated the because it was it's there's a lot of humor in there. There's a lot, you know, so it's like humor with slasher type of feel. Um, So I I, kind of got a good chuckle out of it. I really enjoyed the ride. Um, So it didn't affect me, but it was definitely those years in between where I I had to grow into it, I think. Um, But but yeah, Scream was a, I really loved Scream because it had that whodunit feel, kind of a lot like our film. There's a lot of influences there for sure. Right. Um, And just how they, you know, the the twists and turns that they took um, to get to to that murder mystery style. Um, So. So, yeah. And then after that, you know, I I definitely did a a crash course and watched a lot of a lot of the classics. You know, Um, I would say The Shining is one of my my favorite of all time. I think it's most people's. Um, But, you know, you got to watch watch all the the big heavyweights, um, The Exorcist and right Oz and you know even Jurassic so you're Park more of a mystery fan than a horror fan uh, pardon would you say you're more of a mystery fan than a horror fan no you know I mean there's a lot of you know horror is a, ge- a general yeah it's a general umbrella right so I guess if we're talking we're we talking slasher we're talking creature feature um you know yeah there's a murder mystery so no I I think it's really I get intrigued by a good story and but I I do like twists when they have the twists when there's there's that element of surprise right it's not too you know on the nose with uh how they're delivering the scares so so yeah i mean that was my experience i really liked some of those classics growing up um so that was kind of my my intrigue behind it but but yeah cool so when did you decide that you wanted to pursue acting and directing and get into the biz well, I've been in the biz, well, from the, I've been in acting since I was a little kid, since I was seven, I was doing plays and theater and studied. I went to an art school and um, I, I grew up in, in Canada. I grew up in uh, uh, nearby Toronto um, in Markham and Richmond Hill areas, which is suburbs outside of Toronto, in the greater Toronto area. And um, so, so I, I went to an art school there, Unionville High School, and then um, you know, got an agent and started being professional about it and, and so on. And so I started booking TV series and movies and things um, and just went from there professionally. But uh, the, the directing producing side um, presented the, itself on this project because up until then I was just acting. Um, so I always had a respect for it and, and was interested, but um, this was the first project where I had the opportunity to to be behind the camera and have a say on you know, the the creative process from, from from the whole picture. Right. So talk to us a bit how you uh, how the opportunity presented itself for you to be directing Beast Within. Well, there was uh, the the producer Nick Izzy who worked with me on this. Um, he he kind of the, the script came about to him and. Um, he, he started putting the pieces together and reached out to me and, you know, I originally 
auditioned for it and came on as an actor. And then they said there was an opportunity to do more because they knew that I was networking and had access to certain resources that could help get the film made. And so it kind of just went from there, it evolved from there. Um, so, so yeah, but we're all friends um, cool. before this project. So um, the co-director Chris Green and Nick Izzy were all friends um, years before this. We actually met at the Toronto International Film Festival, which I actually have met a lot of my a lot of my colleagues through the years. Amy Williams too, who's one of the executive producers on this. So um, yeah, I guess that's that was a, another big influence on me outside of the you know the genres and just being a, a, a film fan growing up is is uh, the exposure I think with the, the International Film Festival in Toronto. Um, I think paved the way for you know just keep your mind open to different cinema around the world, but also being exposed to a lot of great filmmakers and just making you feel like you know you can do this and you know and have that opportunity. Right. So what was that challenge like for you now that you're directing and acting on the same movie? You know, do you do you have a better feel like you have a better sense of what's going on if you're in the action and you kind of take or do you have to take yourself out of it as a director at the same time? I I, I think definitely. I mean, I, I think this are, there's an advantage in from my acting background to have the feel of the creative of the story of the arcs, the characters, um, but producing especially was very humbling because you're seeing the industry from a different side. I know yeah. it's so easy as an artist to just speak on things for art's sake. And, and I'm a big supporter of that. But then you, you realize that there's the reality of the business and, you know, making sure that you can make your, your budget and the time that you have allotted and that there's so many others that are depending on you. And it, it takes a lot more than just, you know, a few people, it's hundreds of people. Right. Um, so it, it, um, you really have to grasp the, the balance between the art and the practical side of things, um, and meet somewhere in the middle so that you can get it done. You know, you have to have, uh, uh, you have to have some parameters or it could go astray. So I, I definitely learned that quickly, you know, how to prioritize. Sometimes you have to cut things that is near and dear to you, but you want to get that, you want to get it done, but also still get the same, you want to keep, maintain an integrity of the story and what you're trying to accomplish. So, and, and it's interesting, sometimes you can, a lot of times I've found better ways to tell the story, like you're, you're so stuck on one way of doing it, but you know, the budget or timing or whatever reason doesn't permit it, but then right. you find it a way to get around that. And it's like, oh, this actually turned out better. This is more succinct or minimalist in this and it told what we needed to say even better I think so it's interesting it's a journey you have to stay you have to go with the flow for sure well said um obviously I, this is a whodunit so I'm trying to steer away from any spoilers there's some video game or game influence in general here in the wraparound are you a gamer yourself I I would say so you know since I was a kid I've had all the major systems growing up um, and uh, definitely like to lock myself up and play you know, <laughs> for for hours on end, especially during these times. Uh, yeah. There's opportunities. It's um, a good time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely like the classics, you know, from the Nintendo and Super Nintendo days. Um, those are still, I still have my systems that I collect and just keep it there. Keep them, um, man. 
they'll be worth they're already worth a lot <laughs> yeah i don't but even if they even if i could sell them for a lot i, I probably still wouldn't give them away i feel that i feel <laughs> there's, that. there's a nostalgia to it all and um it was interesting i i was at which, which one was it it was um one of the festivals we went to i think it was at um spooky empire um we uh we actually there was like a whole convention part to it and there was booths where they were selling super nintendo sega genesis nintendo oh, wow. at it and i I just felt like I was a kid in a candy store. I picked up a bunch of stuff and blew the paycheck. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I love, I love that. I love when, you know, that's still going on and, you know, there's online areas you can find it too. So yeah, definitely still a gamer at heart for sure. Awesome. You just mentioned that, uh, you guys just dropped the DVD on the 23rd of February. Uh, mm-hmm. how's that, how's that going for you? A good reception? Yeah, so far so good. I mean, we got it in a lot of places. Um, Leading up to it, uh, we feel very fortunate. So we were an indie hit on uh, Verizon Fios in the U.S., and then we, we hit as the top three Canadian film on Rogers and De- on Demand in Canada, which is the big uh, cable provider out in Canada. And um, yeah, so the reception's been really good, and now we're we're everywhere: Amazon, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble, and actually we're doing um, we're doing a a, a big um, feature right now on uh, at moviezing.com if anybody's interested that's listening we're offering 15% off at moviezing.com and that's moviezing uh, movie and then z-y-n-g um, and uh, if you type in the coupon code the wolf exclamation so the is capital w's capital exclamation mark um, you get 15% off and then the co-director and I Chris Green we're doing uh, Beast Within Behind the Scenes Zoom panel, uh, and we're going to release some exclusive behind the scenes footage and do a, a full Q&A uh, in a few weeks after, you know, after uh, we've given some people some time to take advantage of the code. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, it's been a, quite the journey from our festival run up until now. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to just get those hard copies out there, especially in the horror world. You know, I think... Yeah, collectors. Yeah, collectors um, are out there, and they really like that um, that hands-on experience. You know, you don't need no Wi-Fi. No, nope. that doesn't matter. <laughs> the lag or bad connection, just pop it in and go. Nothing worse than that. You don't have to worry about it being removed from the catalog in a couple months. You know how they rotate yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Art Hendel plays the role of uh, the werewolf expert. And he's been he's been acting. He's got like over two hundred credits. You know, he was in Black Christmas, Bo- Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Porky's. <laughs> yeah, a lot of classic. <laughs> how did you uh, how did you get him involved? Did you already know him beforehand? Well, we we had a, a connection with his his agency, and and that's in you know from the filmmaker point, the producing point. That's that's uh, a lot of ways how deals can be done. Is that you get one one or two actors from that agency and. They package them together or they have better access. So that's how that came about. It just so happened um, he enjoyed the script and we were able to get in touch with his agent and, and they were on board and it was such a cool role for him. So, I mean, we were just happy to have him. And he's, he's a great guy. Uh, actually, he got a, a special Life Achievement Award at the Hexploitation um, Film Festival in Hamilton, Ontario, just about an hour from Toronto. And uh, I had the honor to be there and 
and uh, for his ceremony and he stayed for the film and we did we did a screening of the film at that festival um which we won best monster award by the way it's pretty cool yeah the werewolf is uh i don't want to i was almost about to drop the bomb but i stopped myself oh, okay. <laughs> yeah there could be a werewolf or a beast or something like that in it um but yeah a lot of people we've gotten great reception um we won best best special effects at spooky empire as well um so yeah people i mean not just not just our monster but um the gore in general all of it was practically done for the most part i mean we had little cgi touch-ups here and there but i'd say 99% of it's all practical and we wanted to give that realistic feel yeah you know approach to it i especially feel in horror that cgi is best when it's a use to augment you know it's real obvious if <laughs> it's your primary source but if you just do a little things here and there it's a very nice touch and people won't complain about the practical effects <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly i couldn't agree more and i think it's becoming more and more that trend you know, I think we're beyond 100% CGI all the time. I think that's, uh, I think people- Especially in horror, it's very obvious in horror. You know, if somebody yeah. gets throat ripped out in a CGI, it's, yeah. it's obvious. Yeah. yeah, you gotta find a common ground, some balance there for sure. Yeah. Just speaking on the werewolf, the werewolf is my personal favorite monster in general. You know, ever since I watched Monster Squad as a kid. So it, it, where does the werewolf rank on your creatures of the night? Do you like, are you a werewolf fan? Oh yeah, I think I think the big part of, that um, attracts me to the werewolf is the the secrets, the mystery, right? Because it could be anybody. Yeah. And he or she morphs, so there's that hidden, as as we can say, beast within. Yeah. Walk around with, um, so there's a lot there that you can work with, and that's why there's so, there's such a vast um, array of stories um, about it because it can be there's there's a lot there even more symbolically about your you know your inner battles that you that you face and yeah. um, how you can control your urges and and how things can get away and yeah there's a lot there's a lot there so um i i just love the complexity of what a werewolf represents the character of it just beyond so that's a cool monster and hell i got a i got a german shepherd my family dog's a german shepherd and i just freaking love wolves in general right yeah animal um so so yeah that's that's my connection to it so what would you say are the primary challenges that you faced while uh from a director's uh standpoint on the movie um i think i think uh you know every director will tell you budget and time yeah. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> uh, moving along the days to get your days in um and uh i think for indie filmmakers post-production is something that is often overlooked. You're just so excited that you got it in the can and that you shot something, but then, you know, sound design, mixing, color grading, the edit, um, reshoots, all these things, all these <laughs> factors, marketing, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's like, where do I begin? It's, it's uh, as, in, as integral as the actual principal photography, the actual, Footage. So um, just learning to understand, you know, some of the challenges there of, of, you know, where we would find the money or how we would, you know, put put that together so that we could, you know, have a film that was presentable and could still capture what we, we wanted to, to, to say. Um, 
and in, when you're filming in Canada, weather can be an issue too. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot you juggle with, but um, again, I think you got to really let go of, I think you learn quickly. It's like, you got a plan, you got to, you got like a rough idea, but then learning to roll with the punches and be like, okay, my, my bigger, my bigger story, my bigger picture is, I want to say this, I want to tell you this story. So I couldn't do it this way, but how can I do that? in this new way. So if you can be open to that, if you can, if you can roll with that, I think you can be very successful as a filmmaker and uh, you won't have heart pop palpitations as you're doing it. <laughs> Were you guys filming in the winter in Canada? So we started at the tail end um, into like tail end of summer into fall. And then we did some reshoots that were pushing fall and um so then we started getting some early snow. And so that was a hurdle we had to deal with is that, yeah, it was really cold at night. So you could have a lot of our scenes, you know, you were bl blowing cold air and it looked cold, like chilly, but then we get some fresh snowfalls out of nowhere. And, you know, some people thought um, like the, the big, you know, fight scenes and stuff that happened um, thought it was like CGI or something like, no, that's all practical, baby. That's from, that's from the weather where we got, real snowfalls that came i was wondering that myself i was like is that is that snow because i didn't see yeah. snow before any of the other scenes until that one the, yeah the yeah so so i mean it's no different than you know when when there's like that big fight scene that's raining or it's like yeah. some epic scene mm -hmm. um so we just we just rolled with it is that it, there was these snow scenes that were happening and stuff that you know we, we didn't plan for either but we're like okay it works because it's pretty epic and it's, it's kind of, you know, it makes sense. It makes it look everything a lot cooler. Like, you know, the wolf was looking more scary with the reflection and, you know, that contrast right. and just like being in those elements gives that extra feel to it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we just, it all took place over a night, right? So really anything can happen. You can have, especially if you're, <laughs> if you're in uh, the East coast, um, I guess now with what's going on in Texas as well, you could have a crazy snowfall just come out of nowhere. Um, so, so uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we, what we embraced in it all. And, it, and it, I think it worked out. People were happy. They thought it was really cool cinematography in it all. Yeah. That's a very cool scene in the movie. I'm looking at your IMDB, Stephen. Uh, your first credit is three chords from the truth, a TV series. So how did you land that role? Was that your first good old, good old auditioning? Um, it was one of my first professional things that I'd ever done and, uh, it was a series regular. So yeah, it got, it got canceled after second season. They wanted to renew it cause we won a bunch of awards. I won a, we won, uh, a Gemini for best, best, um, cast. Um, but in Gemini's in Canada, it's like, like an Emmy in the okay, West. Gotcha. Um, I think that, well, now they're, they've been they changed the name to Canadian screen awards, but um, the same, it's the same award. Um, but yeah, so we won, we won an award for that and we were nominated for best series. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it just, I don't, I didn't deal with the politics at that time, but for whatever reason it, it wasn't picked up, but it definitely was a great way to fuel me forward in my professional career and brought me new opportunities. Um, but that was totally different than what I did in Beast Within. That was uh that was a comedy, <laughs> but, but that's how it goes. I mean, as yeah. a, an actor, you want to be challenged and 
And uh, again, what I always say is like, I, I don't really choose one genre over another. I, it's more just what the story is. Right. Um, and so if it's a good story, I'm in. And the funny thing about horror and comedy is they have similar beats, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the same part that would be a scare in a horror movie would be a laugh in a, a comedy movie. You know, you got to get the timing right. It's all about rhythm. They're kind of similar. Yeah. And then a lot of weight and there's a lot of horror comedies out there. We, we definitely had a lot of comedy in our film. There's a lot of light comic yeah. relief parts. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the great films uh, out there, like, you know, an, an American werewolf in London, you know, a lot of people refer to as a horror comedy. You yeah. Know? It's one of the, the greatest of all of all time. And we, we were influenced by that. Definitely. Or, or scream that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah, definitely some funny moments in that one. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a good balance to have that comic relief in there you know there's a certain tone and certain choice um you know there's there's stuff like one of my favorites uh hereditary uh hereditary uh where you, that's just Whew. all just bah, yeah that's heavy. tone all yeah. day long <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just anxiety from from right from the beginning um but there you appreciate that as well you know i i needed to watch a comedy after that because i was so yeah, depressed there was one comedic relief yeah. hereditary <laughs> so so but yeah for for that genre there's definitely a good lane that people appreciate having it you know going up and down and you actually give yourself a break so that you so that you get into having another crazy scene and then you can pull out of it so right so now that you've directed your first feature what's what's the biggest lesson that you've taken away from it um well, like I mentioned before, going with the flow, uh, I'd say patience, um, but the team, the team that you're with. So the producers, if you have a co co-director, um, your crew, your cinematographer, your team is so important. And that's, I think a big reason director, actor, or producer, you see the same people working together mm -hmm. as they develop their career. People you can depend on, people that you, you know, you have a good synergy with, because um, I believe that really translates onto screen. Um, right. So I, I value that so much. I value the team and you can't do it without them. I mean, it's not one of the, this medium is not something where you can just, you know, paint a picture and it's yours. It's not that type of art. It's uh, it really takes hundreds, thousands of people to, to, to accomplish. Right. So Stephen, let's say you're settling in for the evening, irregardless of genre. You're watching your favorite movies. What what are some movies you're watching that night? Oof. Um, well, I can't help but put it into genre because usually you're, I'm in a certain mood. Right. Okay. Gonna, let's what stay. In, say what you want. <laughs> let's stay in the horror. Let's stay, stay in the horror genre for a sec. Uh, Conjuring. Quality. One of my favorites. Um, I already mentioned a few that I, I love. So, like like I said, Hereditary or. Um, Jurassic Park, Jaws, The Shining. The Shining I can watch multiple times. Um, you have to watch at least a couple times a year, especially at Halloween. Um, uh, comedy, I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. Um, old school Jim Carrey, liar, liar. Yeah, old school Jim Carrey. I mean, because <laughs> as a kid, I mean, I looked up to him. He was uh, a big Canadian actor putting a name out for himself. And um, so, so, yeah, you name it, like, it's the big trifecta dumb and dumber the mask ace ventura even ace ventura too you gotta i still i love that too so yeah anything from jim carrey um cool. i always race 
but yeah, I mean, I, I watch a lot of, I, I like to watch variety. As you can see in this film, there was a lot of influences from different genres. And right. um, I, like, I like to not put myself in a box. Um, and so, and I just enjoy, I think maybe that's also the, my Toronto International Film Festival influence too, seeing from different parts of the world, uh, different cultures, um, seeing how, how stories are being told. Um, I think that influences me. So yeah, so I think, I think I'm always looking for something fresh, something new. Um, you got to watch the classics and you also got to keep your pulse on what's happening now. So, I mean, even, I know we're talking about film a lot, but man, some of the TV series out there, um, uh, the, the haunting on Hill house, for instance, several people have, uh, and guests have told me to watch that. And I just have not done oh my God. great things though. You gotta drop everything and watch it right away. <laughs> season I've one, season one. I I couldn't get behind season two as much. I know it was still solid, but season one because it's anthology, so they change every every year. Kind of like American Horror Story, which is gotcha. another man. American Horror Story, exceptional stuff. But man, that that's one of my favorite favorites, favorite horror film or television programs of all time. You got You gotta check it out. I definitely will. Uh, you mentioned growing up in Canada. I got to ask, did you watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, of course. <laughs> How could we forget that? Oh, my God. I would tune into that like every every week. I mean, that was – and then there was reruns, so they'd be playing like almost every day. Um, my brother and I, like, we'd sit – and some of them really, you know, when we were younger, they'd freak us out a little bit too. Like, there were some spooky ones that really got to you. They're, those are classic. I know a lot of um, Americans talk about about that i guess it, it really translated this was showing them both yeah i wasn't even aware it was like a canadian syndicated show until i got older we just got yeah. it on cable down here <laughs> yeah yeah i remember i worked with one of the the kids that was on that show a lot too on, on a film later later on too so yeah it's it's, it's just interesting how yes it was in our own backyard but yeah that's one of the, the ultimate that's right up on my list man i i thought is it still on Netflix or it was on Netflix? It's already? on Amazon Prime. On Amazon have, Prime? But okay. it's like season one is on CBS All Access. Season two, season two is on another thing. It's all over the place. Yeah, board. it got split around because I know it was on, I think it was on Netflix for a bit, but now it's probably switched over. To, yeah, now it's on Prime. Wow, I got I to gotta check that. Thank you for reminding me. I'm going to go watch that and you're going to watch. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hill House. Okay? What's funny is we had DJ McHale, the creator of Are You Afraid of the Dark, on a couple episodes ago. And he was, uh, that's really where I learned about the Canadian syndication. <laughs> mm. So yeah. we just talked about your favorite movies. What are you eating while you're watching those movies? What's your favorite movie snack? Okay. So I, I really like popcorn and ice cream. And if there's some way to have them either, you know, one after another, or even mix sometimes, I know like in theaters, I'll get those, uh, what are they called? Dibs. There's like oh, little the ice cream, chocolate covered um, treats, and then I throw them into the popcorn. And I have extra butter, and oh. um, either that or peanut M and M's I throw in there too. And M and M's and popcorn is one of my favorite uh, combinations. Okay, thank you, thank you. So you, <laughs> you, you, understand. you understand. I get it. Yeah, it's the salty I think and the good. sweet. Yeah, there's no, nothing better. So, so yeah, that's. That has to be right up there. So, Stephen, you got anything else on the horizon? Anything coming up? 
Well, we are in talks for a sequel. Oh, that's that's in the works. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just uh, there, there's definitely I'm auditioning a little bit more now. I'm getting you know some Zoom meetings. Everything's online right now, but yeah, um, yeah there's definitely it's been it's been good rapport since uh, since this came out. I've definitely been getting some more phone calls, some more interest on things coming down the line. But yeah, what I can talk about right now, yeah, the, that that sequel is definitely in the works. Um, so hopefully I can reach out to you guys and we can do this again. Oh, we definitely will. And we're not going to keep you all night. I don't have anything else for you. But um, when we get out of here, if you want to uh, shoot me an email with the information to the code and the website, uh, I will make sure to put it in the description of the episode as well, that people can just click on it. And yeah. Use the code. Yeah. And if anybody wants to check us out, you can check out the website too, beastwithinmovie.com. Um, and you can follow us, like us, share at, uh, we have beast within move, um, just M O V for Twitter, uh, and beast within movie on Instagram and, and Facebook. And, um, if you want to, Follow me. I'm just Steve Morana at uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Real Steve Morana at Facebook. So, yeah, we appreciate all the support and outreach, and um, we'll definitely keep everybody posted on what's happening. There you go. Steven, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And when you get the second movie rolling around, we'll be here. I appreciate it. No problem, man. You have a good night now. Okay, guys. Bye-bye.